Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! That should be our goal score, the goal goal song. It's, Ode it's to Joy. Bad. That's Ode to Joy. be the goal yeah. song. I think so. I think, so it's, I think it's all in German, That right? was in Clockwork Orange, wasn't it, Dan? I, I, oh, yeah. That was the yeah, that was, that soundtrack. That, well, that, I know a lot of Beethoven was. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty that, sure that one was there. That song was in a lot of movies. Yeah. So, what's up, boys? How's everybody doing this fine Saturday evening? Watching the Devils just go and whoop up on the Bugs 6-3. to three. Um, well, that was a the game that the Devils needed to play, right? I mean, that was to a T. Team you're supposed to beat, go beat them, beat them handedly, and they did. Um, that was a, a nice, impressive win because my Vikings lost to the Bengals today, and I'm like, weird if both my fucking teams going to Ohio and lose today. Seriously, I mean, that, I'm going to lose my shit. What did you so, say, luckily, 63? That reminds me of something else, 63. 63, 63, 63 points, right? The Raiders scored. Oh, I mean, right, after right. scoring After scoring zero points the week before and playing, like, one of the most miserable games of football, man. But uh, Yeah, they, they looked good on Thursday. But this is uh, – let's talk some, some hockey. Uh, this was a, a fun game. Um, Holla got on the board. Uh, Nico Heischer got his 300th NHL point. Jack got his 99th, 100th, and 101st NHL goals, which was pretty cool with the hat trick. Uh, thought Jesper Bratt was everywhere tonight. Like, what would you guys think of this game? Uh, Dan, we'll start with you. What would you think, brother? brother? It was uh, very professional. Uh, everybody did their job. Uh, defensive mistakes of the recent past are starting to get further in the rearview mirror. The, they're playing good defensive games, and it really shows in a game like tonight. Great road win. Um, they never really let them come back in this game. It looked like at one point after that bad bounce, uh, maybe one that Schmidt would have wanted back. The game gets to be 3-2. Then he takes a penalty on a weird play, you know, I kind of understand why he's touching it up. And he was close to the center line, but he picks up that penalty. Oh, you're talking, yeah, and you're that, like that penalty. Yeah. yeah I mean, so at that point it's three, two. And you're thinking, you know what, this game could get out of hand. Uh, but alas, it doesn't, uh, they, they, you know, keep the pressure on to come up with not only a, another insurance goal, but you run away with the game in the third. Uh, and it looked so, so strong tonight as a top to bottom, really great performance. Tell yeah, what you think. Was, I thought it was a game that, you know, that's kind of how I thought it would go. But you had to win this game, especially since what happened the last time you played Columbus. Um, Jack Hughes just just was awesome. He was great a lot tonight. Like you said, Jesper Bratt, you know, I mean, what do you have? Four points, Jesper Bratt, tonight? Three or uh, four, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 the box score up. You know, now we're what? We're one behind Carolina now. I guess like three behind the Islanders, starting to pick up points, playing well. I mean, these are the teams you should beat. So, I mean, you know, this is definitely a – it was a good win tonight for for uh, the Devils. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it after the Boston game. You know, you saw the defense kind of really coming together on the Western road trip. Um, other than that Vancouver game where they let the three up in the third period. But after that, they went out to Seattle, played well. Vancouver played well. Even in Edmonton in a four, four goals against, they still played well defensively and skated well. Yeah. And we said, you know, yeah. when they played really good against Boston, they won the game in overtime. And we said, you know, that's the, that's the system. And when you play lesser teams, the goals will come. And that was evident tonight. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was a dominating win by a a team that is a lot better than Columbus and they showed it. 
And earlier in the season, they're playing down to their opponents. And I think a lot of the early woes of the season, and look, they're still going to, you know, this is only 30 games in. There's going to yeah. be peaks and valleys. And there's room for improvement. You know, they did yes. get a power play goal, but the power play's kind of fallen apart. So It has fallen apart a little. Mm-hmm. And, and look, yeah. there's going to be peaks and valleys. You know that if it's mm-hmm. just a matter of how you um, come out of those valleys and we haven't won three in a row or over more than three in a row uh, all year. Tomorrow, if we beat Anaheim, that'll be three in a row going into the Flyer game. It'd be really nice to start getting um, a bit of a run going. Like Tony, you mentioned stacking up some points. Teams are now, everything is so jumbled there, man. This uh, whole Metropolitan Division is up for grabs. And I think right now the Devils are playing some of the best hockey in the Metropolitan Division. Um, very consistent. Even the losses. What are we at now? Eight out of the last ten? Eight wins out of ten. the last ten? That's impressive. Yeah, um, and this next game is very winnable. They've lost, what, 13 of the last 14 games. But these are also the teams you got to worry about a little bit when coming in, you know. Um, but Well, yeah, you can't take the night off. You know, that's what it comes down to. You are playing a very bad, young Anaheim team tomorrow yeah. and but and you, you want to see them get good at home they and, have not really been that great at home and at least not for good long stretches in fact you know going on the road seemed to turn things around so you know I'm hoping that they establish some dominance at home for once here's a question you, for you guys do you think yeah. that Columbus regrets that contract they gave Johnny Goudreau I, yeah. I think I think Johnny Goudreau regrets the signing with them. And yeah, I, yeah, see that. I would totally regretted that before I did it though. I would totally I don't understand regret what he was thinking. the amount of money that they, they spent for Johnny Goudreau when he has like been there now. and he hasn't done a thing. No. Uh, and I understand that they've had a lot of injuries and they have had a lot of bad luck, but you know, when you go out, you're that most sought after free agent two years ago, every team is looking to sign. You looked at, Tom Fitzgerald had the fucking was ready to back the Brinks truck up to Goudreau's house and say, whatever you want, come play for New Jersey. Uh, he decided not to, but you have to look at what Johnny Goudreau's done or lack of doing anything. When you're a superstar or a pseudo superstar and you're coming onto a team, even if it's a bad team, you have to, you have to be the one to kind of, you know, drive the car. And Johnny Goudreau has not. He was non-existent again tonight, Um, you know, and good for him. You know, he didn't want to come here. And look, I don't think Johnny Gaudreau has this kind of problem playing on a better team. I think Gaudreau puts up tons of points playing alongside Jack or Nico. Um, But, yeah, I think both sides right now are having buyer's remorse. Absolutely. I was thinking that tonight when I was watching. I mean, I didn't even look at his numbers this year. Um, I don't know what he ever expected. I mean, I, it didn't look like he was moving on to a powerhouse team. I'm just, you know, kind of – how could he be really disappointed on some level? I mean, do you think it was so far below the expectations of this team? I, I really well, don't. When you sign a 100-point scorer and he does absolutely nothing for your team for two years in a row now, you know, yeah, if I'm Columbus, I got to be sitting here saying, what the hell, you know, Johnny Goudreau's got to be the driver, man. He's got to be the catalyst to their offense. And he's now not. Patrick Lani is out for six weeks, too. So they just. Yeah, Lani broke his clavicle. He's out. Um, and, and look, I watched the, uh, it was weird. Well, not weird, but the other night, you know, my wife and I are watching TV. She goes up to bed or it's around nine o'clock. So I go to ESPN Plus and I'm just kind of checking out the games that are on. And usually I'll find a game that's, you know, close or, you know, they're going into the third, I'll pop it on. So I see Columbus is up 5 nothing, uh against Toronto, and the third period is just starting. And I actually I said, oh, I'm going to put this one on. I actually said it out loud. I'm like, this looks like a kind of game that might get interesting. And yeah, holy and shit, they gave up the five goals in the third period. Lucky luck they were able to go out and get the point in overtime, but – Man, Toronto just had their way with them in the third period, and I just watched that game, and I just thought the Devils keep their shit together and show up. They're going to win big, and that's what they did tonight, and that's the key. You have to go into these games like today and tomorrow, and they're lesser teams, lesser opponents. You have to play better. You have to play as well as you can and, and beat those teams. You can't give up points. The Metropolitan Division is way too tight. Um, and Rangers in Boston are in overtime right now, speaking of that. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, what's um, the Islanders doing? 
Um, oh, here, I'll tell you in a second here. I mean, Rangers. Three, uh, they're losing. They lost five to three to the Canadians. Oh wow! So that's good for us. Um, look, the Rangers are are playing well. I mean, they're gonna Flyers. They're gonna again too beat the Red Wings. Who did Flyers? The Flyers are an <laughs> actual. Crazy, or they're a for real team right now, and I. I know I said on the last show that, or a couple of shows ago, it's going to be New York, New Jersey, and Carolina, that top three. I wouldn't be shocked if Philadelphia squeezes out Carolina into there. They're playing really good. It's crazy. I, mean, I never would have guessed that before the season. So hats off to Huge, that. huge game for the Devils on Tuesday night against the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't done well. I think we've only won one of our second games of back-to-backs so that's going to be another test tomorrow we haven't done well in back-to-backs we have the most in the nhl you want to start stringing together some some good uh back-to-backs and and it, i hate the way that this back-to-back plays out i hate being on the road for one and then coming home for the second one i know yeah. it's not far but still the fact that you have to travel tonight and be back on the ice seven o'clock tomorrow that's annoying and I feel like I'm not. I don't know the numbers on it, and I could be wrong. But I always feel like when we play that second game at home, we we always come out a little flat. So yeah. I have, the last couple seasons, at least, I feel like that. I, I said I could be statistically. Well, wrong. the Devils have not been good in the beginning of games this season at all. Um, this today was fantastic, getting out there with less than a minute, uh, uh, you know, into the game and jackets on the board. Um, I loved it, that line tonight. That Jack. Brat to Foley line. They were awesome. on fire tonight. I, I thought all of our lines played really good tonight. Um, rags won, by the way, two to one just now. The, who did the Rags? The Rangers, all right, the so the Rangers, Rangers just beat yeah. the Bruins. Bruins have two losses in overtime back to back. That sucks. For Swayman. Uh, no, they won last night, I think, the Bruins, right? Didn't they play last yeah, night? So, yeah, and they just, who was it? I don't see who scored the game. But is, anything else you guys want to touch on on this game before we get into a few other things? No, it's good. Good game, definitely. All right. Well, why don't we do our uh, our accountability session real quick and do our predictions? I have a couple of things I want to actually talk to you guys about, but we'll start with this first. So we'll start with uh, me. Um, I did not do very good at all. I said that Pavel Zaka would have a power play goal in the game against Boston. Mm-mm. Pavel Zaka didn't even play that game. I said that Jack Hughes would have more points than Connor McDavid against Edmonton. Jack had no points. Connor McDavid had two, a goal and an assist. So I was wrong there. And I said that the Devils would shut out the Blue Jackets tonight. I was wrong there. Bobby said that Connor McDavid would have two points against us. That is a correct Which, one for Bobby. You know, that was like an empty netter at the last second. I was thinking about yeah. him. Yeah, a lot of these picks. Well, he might not get his two points, but he came. Yeah, he came through for him in the end. Yeah, that was that uh, whiff that Schmidt made uh, trying yeah. to play the puck. Now Bobby said that the the, the I'm trying to read it. The, trying to make this one out. I must have written it fast. Four goals in one game against. All right, so one of these games, he said that they we would We're gonna allow four goals. Four goals. Um, and that's correct because they had four goals in, against the Oilers or the Oilers against us. He said that Timo Meyer will get a fucking goal. So Bobby got two right. Um, Tony, you said that we will get four out of six points exactly. That's good for a win, uh, a point. You said that Luke Hughes would have exactly three points. He hasn't. He was held scoreless. And you said that the Devils will not get a shutout. You're, you're right. Dan. A safe bet this season. You said that the Devils will get three or more points this week. You said that the Devils will get a shutout. Nope. And you said that it would be Schmid who would get the shutout against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, I, I, I just screwed yourself on that one. <laughs> well, I, did, I remember that's not the one I wanted to make. But yeah, where was the we. third one? That, that should have been 
that was connected. Yeah. Where was it? Did you have another one? I there was a problem with what I said, so somebody changed it. Say that, and I'm like, I wouldn't say that, but go yeah, ahead. but it should have been part of your shutout. It should. So you should have had another one. You want to make a prediction real quick for the last three games? <laughs> for the, the last three games, yeah, what's yeah, going to happen? Wear their home yeah. jerseys. I think the Devils will score at least six goals in one game. Oh wait, they just did. <laughs> that's the truth they right there. All right, we're gonna give you that point, Dan. Oh, so yeah. that right now puts uh Astrid. let's see. Dan's gonna get the other one. So Tony is in the lead with nine points. Pretty good. Um I have seven, Dan has six, Bobby has four, and that will lead us to our predictions for this week. Uh let's start with you, Tony. These are the games for the Tomorrow night against the Ducks, Tuesday against the Oilers, Thursday against the Edmonton Oilers, and then Saturday against the Red Wings, wrapping it up before Christmas. That's how it's going to play out. Tony, your first prediction on those four games you have to play with today. We'll see another Jack Hughes hat trick in these four games, one of these four games. Wow. Jack will have a hat trick. All right. I like that. Dan, what's your first prediction? So we're talking about four games here. We're talking about yes. Anaheim, Flyers, Oilers, Red Wings, huh? Yes, sir. I think we will walk away with a minimum of five points at least this time. Yeah, a minimum of five points or more. Five or more points this week. All right. My first prediction, and I'll go back to last week's, and I'll pull that. Jack Hughes will have more points than Connor McDavid on Thursday night against Edmonton. I like that. Take two. And since Bobby's not here, uh, I will read his predictions. He texted them in. He said that right now, Andre Palat is a minus two. And I don't necessarily – he actually sent these before the game. So let's just say he's still a minus two. Um, he says that he will be even or better nope. at the end of the week. Oh, okay. at the end of the week. Okay, I got you. That All sounds right. reasonable. Um, and that goes up to Tony. Your second prediction, sir. Vanacek will have more victories than Schmid in the next four games. I hate to say that seems like it's kind of money, but... Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, yeah. I, would you think Schmidt plays more than once in this series? Maybe. I doubt it. Uh, maybe maybe once. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be honest, confidence-wise, I would say right now I'd probably put – I don't know. They, you know well, my second – well, it's actually, uh, Dan, it's your turn for a second prediction. Okay. Uh, I will stick consistent with what's been robbing me with points all oh, season long. The Devils will have a shutout. See, I have my second one was Vanacek will shut out the Ducks – Okay. But, there you go. Um, you all right. That so you're one? saying that? That's, I think you can do that. That's that's you're being specific to that game. Is that a hat trick? Um, I mean, yeah. Why not? All right. So yes, my second prediction then is that Vitek Vanacek tomorrow will have a shutout against the Anaheim Ducks. I like Tony, it. your like third it. and oh wait, Bobby's second. I hope prediction. we're both right. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bobby's second prediction is that Colin Miller will score a goal. Oh. His first goal as a devil. Tony, huh. your third and final prediction, sir. Jesper Bratt will have five points the next four games. Oh, he's on fire. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to bet against that. Okay, I'll, I'll try to five points, or do I have to say percentage? Well, if you want five or more. Five or more, yeah, points. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I'm going to blow my last one trying to steal Tony's point. All right, Dan, go for it. About six or more that would steal his point. So Brat will have. Well, is that six steal his points. point? It does, right? I mean, I thought that's what the. Yeah. I, maybe I don't understand the concept of what we're doing with those steal things. I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, tell me. That, I thought it was like you got to one up somebody. But I think if you could steal a point, the other guy should have a. I don't know how to how he could do it if he already made his choices of how to steal a point back. That's what I was saying with this whole thing. It, it is like almost like a, man. It a be uh, or you could just well, worry about yourself and not try and steal points, but they are could. there. But the, you know, <laughs> you know, somebody invented the stealing thing. I don't know who it was. It wasn't me. But right. I, I remember saying when we talked about this, you got to have like a dealer button on this shit because okay. there is a positional advantage if you're going to steal points. Yes. Tony's used his last one, and I go after him. He can't screw me this round. 
All right. But, uh, how about maybe this? next time? I don't how know. How about this? Um, how about we do the order? All right. So like this week, like yeah, whoever yeah, has whoever has the least right picks first, and then we go that way. So like if I get none right, Tony gets one, you get two, Bob gets three. I pick Tony picks. Are you, you waiting pick, for the person? Like waiting if, against the person who picks who has the least points or waiting for them? What are you trying to do? Because well, I was just saying, if you're behind and you pick, well, you should want to pick last then. Yeah. So whoever gets the is. most points picks first and we go okay. down that way. And then okay, so if we you, have you're ties, trying to give the advantage to the person who's lower in points. Right. Gotcha. That's what I'm thinking. Can you think I of think a better I think that sounds way? fair. Either that or you rotate it. Either, but, you know, in the grand scheme, who gives a shit? I could change my, uh, since we didn't have these rules, that we needed about this other rule that we didn't need. Um, I could change my, my prediction. If that helps. Are you sure you can change it. What do you want to change it to? Um, Tony will not get more than one point uh, next, next uh, week. Tony will get one or less points. Yes. That's it. Yeah. All right. And my third and final position <laughs> uh, prediction is that Patrick Kane will have zero points against the Devils on Thursday night. Oh yeah, good. I've totally forgot about him. And He's now in his new home. Yeah. Bobby's third prediction is he's texted me the goals and they've changed now. So I think it's so. Let me just double check because, like I said, I got this before we played the game. So this is all before Jack's hat trick. And so Jack right now has um, – where am I, Bobby? All right, so Jack has, what, four, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14 goals. Toffoli has 13 goals. And Brat has 12 goals. Bobby okay. says that by the end of the week, his third and final prediction is that those three guys will have the exact same amount of goals by the end of the That's night Saturday. So okay, well, maybe they'll all have give him a hat trick for that one. 15, okay. 16. Yeah, I agree with That's, that one. That's like Definitely hitting triple sevens or whatever. On, yeah, yeah. I might I'll even be happy to get four points on that. You know, that's pretty. That's that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a good one. So. All right, so those are our predictions for the week. So we right. can uh, we'll come back to that and see how that goes. Now, did you guys are you guys aware? Uh, you guys follow this Jordan Cairo story at no. all? What's going all right. on with this? So, <clears throat> Craig uh, Berube was fired as the coach of the St. Louis Blues. Now, if you uh-huh. remember back in 2019, they fired their head coach. I don't even remember who it's it was. Up. Like around, you know. December or so, Craig Berube comes in. The team's in last place. Of course, they go on their huge run. They get all the way up to almost winning the division. They get into the playoffs. They go on their magical run. They win a Stanley Cup. Biddington. Winnington. Yes, Winnington. Now, Jordan Cairo wasn't there at the time, but Craig Berube has been the coach since then. Well, Craig Berube was just fired. Um, There was shit going around the last couple of years that him and and, – Jordan Cairo didn't really see eye to eye. He called Jordan Cairo out a couple of times, not in a bad way, just like my young guys need to play better. My young guys need to do a little bit more. So there was some type of and Jordan Cairo was only like 24, 25 years old. Right. So right. he was asked after Craig Berube was fired uh, about his thoughts on it. And he just said, he's not my coach anymore. I have no comment. All right. So you can kind of read between the lines, right? Yeah, uh, the fan base didn't like it very much. That he so, said that. Well, they booed him. So at home, oh. Jordan Cairo, every time he touched the puck, was getting booed. All right, Craig Ruby's because, a big fan favorite, I guess, huh? Oh, look, they'd never won a Stanley Cup until then. He brought yeah. them their one Stanley Cup, and that's yeah. legendary. And you know, I don't think that the fans really thought that Craig Berube deserved to be fired. But at the, especially when they were only like one point out of a wild card when he was fired. So right. I think that the fan base kind of just felt like, dude, there was other ways you could have done that. Like you could, he's not your coach anymore. You're right. You could have just been like, Hey, you know, we, right. uh, it was, you know, he taught me a lot. He was the only coach I ever had and I wish him the best, but we're going to move forward. Whatever you say, you don't say yeah. he's not my coach anymore. No comment. Right. Right. So then he's on the ice and he's booed. And he handles it like a gentleman. He is asked about it after the game, 
And this is Jordan Kairou's response. Tony, your okay. video is still gone. That's weird. Um, See, and I'll play that now. Can you guys hear me? That's all I'd rather not. Jordan, uh, how difficult is it to shut up? Yes. have the fan base react the way they did tonight? Were you hearing the booze on the list? Um, yeah, <laughs> I definitely heard those. Um, I mean, it's not easy, obviously, but you know, I, I see where they're coming from you know, with how my comments on it. So that's yeah, definitely tough. I mean, you know, I love playing here. I love playing in front of the fans. So, yeah. What would you want to say about Craig Ruby? You mentioned that he was your coach for a long time, mm -hmm. but like, how did he impact your career? I mean, mm -hmm. What can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, helped me in a lot of ways, right? You know, it's really helped me round it all my game and try to be more complete player. So, you know, I, like I said, you know, I respect him as a guy and, you know, no way towards him at all. When did you find out that the comments kind of blew up? Not just earlier the day after I woke up from my nap. What, if anything, would you want to say to the fans? I mean, just, you know, sorry if it sounded in a bad way at all. I mean, just like I said, you know, I'm just really trying to focus on, on the future here and, and, you know, focus on what I can do to, you know, help our team win and, you know, help get wins for the boys. So. How were you able to focus then tonight and you feel like you had it? Um, it's definitely the toughest game I've probably played, to be honest. But any of your teammates or anybody from the organization talk to you about it? Um, I mean, obviously my teammates have my back, right? So well, You're getting pretty emotional here. Where, where are the emotions coming from? I mean, it's just tough, right? Like... You know, I love playing here, so it's just it's tough to hear the fans booing me there. Sorry. He's crying. Where's Tom Hanks He's, when you need him? There's no crying in hockey. <laughs> Bro, I just need to, like, you're a grown man. You made your comments, okay? You, you know, Sheila, they bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Come on, dude. You were asked about it, and your response is to get all weepy-eyed and cry? I have a little problem with this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, is this a millennial I thing? I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. He's I, Sometimes you look at these players, they are very young. They're kind of like kids. He's, you know, very immature with this stuff. But, yeah, I mean, does it rub me the wrong way? Like, that's not what I think about. When I think about hockey is somebody – getting emotional about what the fans think of them. Not really. Uh, I don't think like that. Um, and also, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. He, he I, it sounds like he had a reason to, you know, not care for the man, made the mistake of being honest, but still, let's face it, kind of polite. He wasn't like, oh, fuck that guy. No, you know? no, he uh, wasn't. He was just saying, I have no comment. Um, he was my coach. He's just trying to stay out of it because he doesn't want to say nice words well, so now this pressure makes him basically grovel you know honestly i got less problem with the tears part than the first half where he's basically kissing the fans ass like i'm so sorry i pissed you off and this and that and you know i look uh if he truly regretted what he said about him that'd be something different like hey i you know i, I i'm not gonna lie i had some back and forth problems with him and it makes it hard for me to give him compliments but now that everybody's made a big deal about what i said you know, when I think about it, you know, I probably uh, do have some things that I could say thank you for. And I, I get that. But all in all, uh, I'm glad to move on with my career. Like, just like a man. You but even that, what you said I think there. he, he didn't say gotten that. shit from the fans. Well, I'm, I'm, fuck I'm, point, you know, like, like well, seriously. Well, here's here's my thing. OK, like you there was there was no way that you 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 don't throw the guy under the bus. You don't even say what you said of just no comment. Look, we can all read between the lines. That's your way of saying, I'm glad he's gone. Fuck him. We all get that. But if you want to say that, that's fine. But you have to understand that, you know, the fans are going to, they're going to tell you how they feel the okay, same exact way. Here's my problem and, with this. We all get so bored to tears at that standard bullshit that athletes tell reporters, which is the same trite things over and over again. And this kid was like real enough to, in a polite way, say, I didn't care for the man. You know, there's just, you know, and, and then now the fans are like, I can't believe he, he told the truth instead of saying the same shit I always hear. Well, I think it's it, a little know. bit more than that when, okay. So like if you are a St. Louis blues fan, right, this is a dude that gets eight to eight, I think like eight and a half million dollars a year. Yeah. No, he has sure. like six goals this year. He has right. not done anything close to what he was expected to do. 
he has been a dude that just you know, you know he's he's you're, not. You're dead on right. That context and, is important. How do fans feel about him? Right. But so, my point is, is if he said something that was you know honest and you know, uh, but still, like let's face it, he didn't like start swinging punches. He just said no comment, basically. And that wasn't enough, you know. You like, but that, then, I'm fine with, with him that. saying that. I'm fine right. with the fans booing him. He, yeah. I just think you don't resort to crying because you were booed in your own building. Like to yeah. me, you kind of yeah. maybe laugh it off, and you just be like, "Yeah, I guess the fans weren't happy about that, and I'm sorry about that. I love Craig Berube. It came out the wrong way, and I will bust my ass for these fans every single night." Yeah, that would have been nicer than the blubbering part. Yeah, but absolutely. The blub, Tony. Please, the crying. The, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't want my. I would hope you wouldn't cry because you'd be like, like you said, you just want to be like, even if you don't feel that way, be like, fuck it, I don't, I don't let it affect me. Put the shield up, you know. Maybe he just. It's kind of like you know, yes. Maybe when you get your, well, I haven't had this yet, but you get watch your daughter get married or something. Maybe it's so just go and hold it in, man. I don't know. Maybe it's so overwhelming. I don't know, but I mean, well, you might have been thinking about his future daughter getting married. Maybe you know, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Is I gonna walk her down the aisle at some point in my life for yeah, these children? Hopefully, I don't, even I don't know. I'm kind of old, man. I might not. <laughs> do you think? Do you think it is like a part of like that? He kind of got caught. And that's like to me, this is like just a, like a millennial thing. Like I don't Maybe. think that twenty years ago anybody resorts to welling up in the locker room because they get booed. And it reminds me of. Do you There's remember world, that yeah. Simpson? Do you remember that Simpson episode when Daryl Strawberry was playing? Uh, he comes to Springfield. He's playing on a baseball team, and he's out in the outfield. And Bart and Lisa. Well, Bart's just heckling him, and he's calling him all these names. And Lisa's like. Come on, Bart, you know, don't be so mean. And he's like, he's a professional athlete, Lisa. He gets paid millions of dollars. This stuff doesn't bother him. And then they show Daryl yep. and he like pulls I his do sunglasses down and he's crying. Yep. <laughs> he's like, why do you got to be so hurtful? Did you guys yep. remember like, when that's John what Rocker, this reminded me of. Yeah, exactly. When John Rocker made those comments and he would come running out and he would throw bottles at him, everybody in the stands and shit. He was Who like, he made John Rocker, the pitcher for the Braves. He made a oh, he made yeah. a comment when he played the Yankees. This is probably like I don't know, like twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. But he he made a racist comment about the subways. You know, just made some really. I do remember comments. that. Yeah, yeah. And they were this. like, he was getting batteries thrown at him when he was running out of the fucking tunnel. Well, when thing. you go saying racist comments, oh, that's an issue. Yeah, you shouldn't was, be doing that. This is before now. Now they probably just hang out in the, in the field. But like then yeah, it was well, like. It was kind of like he just said this shit in the papers and just – I mean I'll never forget when he came back to New York. They were just waiting for him like, you know. Yeah, I mean you got to know – you got to watch what you say. You know, it's that simple and like the fans have the absolute right to boo whoever the hell they want to boo as long as they're not, you know, being mean or no one's getting hurt or whatever. That's the fan. They paid their money. They're going to the game. They can do whatever the hell they want. You have to deal with it, though, man. Like, I don't know. Like, if that was one of our players, I really don't know how I'd feel about it right Oh, my now. God. Like, Who do you guys really? think was the most hated player that we have saw play by fans? Like, I'm going to say Claude Lemieux right away against Detroit during that whole uh, Draper thing, you know. Oh, when oh you mean by the opposition? Yeah, like, oh, what do you, you mean? I thought you meant by their own team because that would probably no. be like Taylor Hall at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was – that was um, you're right about that. Yeah, but I mean I'm talking about if you go back and think about our time periods, like the last, I guess, 40 years, you'd say 30-something years. I would think – I would probably have to say in that series and to anybody that's a little bit younger and you didn't watch, I think that was 1997 – Right, it was the Detroit Red Wings against the Colorado Avalanche. It was like the first or second round uh, of the playoffs. It wasn't a championship series, and Claude Lemieux, who was playing for Colorado at the time, completely just fucking annihilated Chris Draper along the boards, yep. right along those dashers. His whole face was busted open. He was bad shape. Even Bowman went on the bus up. after that game, Chris, and tried to try to get on the bus, the Avalanche bus. They were so fired up. Really, that hit, yeah. Well, I mean, he was – so anybody that wants to go watch a great series back then, which I actually think Colorado won that. That was yeah, the year they yeah. won the Cup, right? So maybe that was 96 then. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, uh, that was an amazing playoff series. And maybe maybe I'd say, yeah, it was him in that series. It was Pepe in that series, I think, would probably be the most hated. Um there's got to be some more, though. That I'm trying to think. I know McSorley was always hated. I know Matt. Sure. He didn't, 
you know, I mean, Marshawn is probably wearing the crown today. Is today's yeah. player? Yeah, I, he's nowhere near what he used to be, though. Like he, he's, no, that's true. He's that's true. chilled out a lot. He's not that dude anymore. He's actually become a pretty good leader. And the thing with Marshawn, um, he's a leader, especially now that Bergeron's gone. Yeah. Well, that's a good question, though. I got to think about it. I have a question for you guys, and I'll ask it as soon as I'm done giving a little shout out to our Hockey Podcast Network partner here over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So you can download the app now and use code THPN and new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. And here's my question. Wait, I got a question first. This is more yeah, about the, um, that phone number. Yeah, If you have a gambling problem, you should call. It's, it starts out like, I don't know, whatever it was, 1-800. 7777 And yeah. don't you feel like that's a little inappropriate considering like that's <laughs> Lucky just going to make me think of hitting <laughs> on that slot machine? Like you start dialing it and you're like, wait a second. The third yeah. seven I dial, right. I, I got to go to the casino. This means something. It'd be better if... To, it's it's if, like a little secret message in there to go gamble some more. Right. If they were like, in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-FLAMING-777, like triple exactly. sevens across the board, and you're a jackpot winner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. it, it really is funny. They shouldn't have sevens as a, it should be a, another... Non-way. I mean, I like whoever picked the number. I like their sense of humor. At least. <laughs> All right. Here's my question to you guys. You're hosting a poker game at your house. Okay. You got some oh, beers. You got that. some food. Long time. Me too. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's you and six guests. Three of those guests are current New Jersey Devils. And three of those guests are former New Jersey Devils. Who's at your poker game? Can you imagine that if I didn't invite you and I had like, <laughs> you know, six devils coming to my house and you'd be like, be, you be couldn't pissed, have a game man. of eight people. I'm like five yeah. minutes away. And yeah, I'll, you could have eight in your game. There's I no didn't even have to play. play Just eight. let me hang out. Yeah. You know, if you don't have um, enough seats. I promise. I'll let you look in through that window. Thanks. If that ever happens to me. I'm just knocking. So we need three co- current devils and three, and three former former. devils. Yeah, for oh, your poker Jesus. game. Since I asked the question, I thought yeah, about it, so some... I'll give mine first. Yeah. Um, my, my former devils would be absolutely Marty Brodeur. I have to have him there. Yeah. And then I was thinking, like, I want some – people that maybe I know can party and people that can tell stories and stuff. So I'm going to go with Marty Brodeur, Claude Lemieux, and Randy McKay. Those are my three former devils. All right. I saw about one of yours, but I love your choices overall. And then my current devils, again, the same reason. I want people that are fun. I want people Mm -hmm. that can tell stories. So I'm going to go with, well, Jack. Because Jack and Marty, I got to have in there just to say I had a poker game with Marty and Jack. And then my other two might be surprising, but it would be Eric Holla and Curtis Lazar. Those are the two that I would have at my poker game. I like it. Uh, Those are good choices. Um, I would say, you know, you're on to some. First of all, you got to have Marty. He's always smiling. He's going to be fun at a card game. I could just see that. Um, Claude Lemieux is a good one. Um, Randy McKay is a great one. I, I would... However, I probably sub out Lemieux for Scotty Gomez because I don't think there's a better Fuck. conversationalist. In fact, I might, I might even sub in instead of Claude Lemieux, who I love. I would maybe take, uh, a, a, you know, instead of Randy McKay, rather take him out as well. So I'm going Brodor. I'm going uh, 
Gomez, no doubt. And this was, might be a weird one, but I'm going to take him. Chico Rush. He's going to have the best stories. I think he's fun. I, think I like he your three better than mine. I think that I think they'll be good for a card game. I really do. What um, about your current Devils? Okay, current Devils. I am so with you with Halla. Okay, look, I got to be honest. I'm a little older than than the, the younger guys, so that's going to be kind of weird to just start playing cards with you know kids who are 18 and 19 years old. Right. It's not like it can't be fun, but it's just like a different kind of card game than playing with people who are more my contemporaries. Remember, we're having some former Devils. And with Chico, he's way older. So we got an age range in the game as it is. Why not have the kids in? I like the idea, Hughes. I think, you know, that could be uh, something that is fun. So I'm going to stick with with him on that. Um, Halla, Hughes, boy, who else do I want? I feel like there's somebody there I think would be a good time. Uh, boy, who might be kind of fun. Seems like a little I was thinking the maybe side. I yeah. was thinking also maybe Brendan Smith. He's always fun, like on interviews and stuff. I think he could, you know, he could be somebody yeah. that could be fun. Yeah, he's got he's got a personality. So yeah. I, I you could definitely do worse than that. I just feel like maybe there's somebody I'm overlooking. Just thinking about it now, but you know, I I guess I will steal that idea from you because I can't think anything better right now. It's not a bad game for sure if you got Brendan Smith in there too. So yeah, I'm gonna go Smith Hughes and uh, Hala oh. for sure. Yeah. And then yeah. Brodor, Gomer, and and Chico. Yes, that's a yes. great poker game. I think that so. is a fucking great because you I'm know Chico and Gomer are gonna just be a blast to hang out with. Yes, they're gonna Absolutely. be a lot of fun. And Chico, uh, any one of them would like get, make your game better, right? Definitely. And Chico, you could probably get him drunk and then just take him for fleece him for all his money. I don't think uh, Chico's a good player. That's another secret right, reason exactly. for having him. I think you'll be able to take money from Chico. He doesn't seem like he's a, a shrewd player, um, no. and that's fine. But he's also like a fun talker, and I'd love to have Absolutely. him. Absolutely, that's a good Absolutely. poker game. I like that yeah. game better than mine. Who's at your game, Tony? Cam Jansen, Ken Danico, and Claude Lemieux. Claude Lemieux is my favorite player, pretty much of all time. So I have to have him there just out of default. I think Danico and Cam Jansen, especially back in the day, it'd be a Danico's a good one affair. too. He'd be a good one to have there, but you know, I don't sure. want to keep fucking O'Doul's on ice. So maybe he I can also stay. feel like I'm I hear enough back. of him thinking, already. I don't think it should be a right. period of time. I'm going to say '80s Ken Danico. I'm going to say Cam okay. Jansen during his playing. Well, no, time. it's now. It's now. It's these guys now. Uh, you know, you, you, I still take them. We're not playing the mid twenty. You can't travel in the past to play poker. That's who you're inviting right now. If you watch Back to the Future, you can. I'm saying Cam Jansen, Kenny D, Claude Demille. <laughs> All right, current. Erica. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Jack, Mercer, and poker, Smith. I think. Yeah. Jack, Mercer, and Brendan Smith? Yes. I think Mercer could be fun. Yeah, probably. Um, I, I would. I think I'd have a little bit more fun with Lazar and Hala. I think they'd Brad be a would good be okay with that voice. I like to play this guy. You know, he has that, that accent he has going on. I was thinking, too, VTech, because I think we could probably I take him for yeah. money, too. I think, I think he would be the more fun there. of the two goaltenders. Yes. Uh, I think Did you guys yeah. see any of the um the dads? Uh you know, they were they yes. were so they were all there. I, I didn't see the first one they had on, which was I guess uh who was that? Mercer's dad. I did see like Tafoli's uh, dad was on. Oh, I didn't see him either, but I did see um Hollis dad. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see Hollis dad, but I Yeah, was, that was pretty cool. They had on YouTube they had some interviews from I guess yesterday or whatever. You got to yeah. go and look and find Akira Schmidt's father. Oh, yeah. I saw him Bro, speak uh, last year. He was him and his wife were there. Dad is the spitting image of yeah. Akira Schmidt. It's yeah. insane. Like Big how much head. they look yeah. alike, yeah. except his old man's got a beard. But like I'm looking, I'm like this could, And he looks younger too. the dad. Like he looks yes. like he could be Akira Schmidt's brother. As opposed, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm like, holy shit, man. They look so much alike. You got to find him somewhere. Yeah, was, Did you see uh, Mercer's you father doing the – On the show? No. You guys were watching the game. A, when you guys – you guys, so when I was watching the game, my – like Spalding would say what was going on and then it would happen like a second later for like a whole – it was like a period and a half. Maybe he's in the future. Yeah. Actually, I – in the first goal, he called the goal – before I saw it go in, like he said, and they score, and then Jack scored. Yeah, um, I didn't even notice this. It was, uh, but after that, it was fine. 
So I do. I, maybe yours was just lagging for the whole game. Yeah. I guess that sucks for a it's while. Yeah, there was a couple times where it was like they were saying what's happening right before it happened. Yeah, you it's know, like the streaming thing. But I have to say, man, this team right now is really looking like a fun devil team. This is. I'm really excited to see how the rest of this week goes because these are some big games coming up. I do think that we can go on a bit of a run here. Um, you figure what we got three games in a row. Well, if we win tomorrow, we have three in a row, right? Right. And then, so, I mean, I think we should be Anaheim. I'm there's those, those two games sandwich. Those last three games are going to be tough games. They're going to be measuring sticks for this team. How are you going to do against the flyers who are ahead of you? Uh, on the points you just got beat less than a week ago or a week ago a little over a week ago against uh, Edmonton they're coming into your barn now they're playing much better uh, lately and then Detroit who really hasn't been able to find themselves since Patrick Kane got there but I just think that's only a matter of time until he starts helping that team but these are real three really tough games like I'm I'm happy they're home and it is going to be it's a very good way to Get into that Christmas break, that small little Christmas break with a really strong week this week. But this week, I think, is the most important week that they have had so far this in their season. You got to give Tortorella credit too. I mean, whether you no like doubt. him or not, I mean, he he has with that team. You know, he's given that team confidence. I mean, he's he has a rough personality, but sometimes it works. And I got to give that guy credit. He he's went in there and he's told him. I've watched some press with him, and I've watched like some of the articles, and they said that he went in there. And he's like we're playing with balls basically like we need to there's a lot of demand going on but he's getting the message through right now at least i i agree i think i didn't think that he was going to be um a really great guy to have behind the bench with such a young team trying to find their way but i was wrong he has them playing really fits the philadelphia mindset like he is kind of good for that town in a way like if you think about I think it's on borrowed time. It's gonna, yeah, I do too. Well, that's like exactly what I was going to say. That's the thing with guys like Tortorella and, you know, and it goes the other way. Like you have to find a happy medium as far as are you a, are you a hard ass? Because uh, after a while that weighs on guys. And after a while it just, you're, no matter how many, t- no matter how many times you go into the dressing room and you're screaming at the guys or you're, you know, gassing them in practice after a couple of years of it that, expires eventually. it falls on deaf ears. The guys just say, yeah, whatever coach we know. Um, but it goes the other way too. If you are too much of a player coach, then you just end up. And we see that a lot in football, but it is also uh, true in hockey. When you are too much of a player's coach um, that, you know, you're, you're everybody's buddy and you're this, then you don't get the best out of your team either. And you they tend to kind of walk all over you. Um, and I do think that, I think Larry Robinson had that issue with the devils in his first stint with them uh, as the head coach, as opposed to when he came back. Uh, I do think it was a little bit more of that buddy, buddy thing, but um I do think Tortorella will do in Philly what he does everywhere. He'll make the team a lot better. Uh, they'll go on a run, and then you know maybe two years from now they'll hit a rough patch, and it'll be Tortorella will be the guy that's got to go. Look, anytime your team is going in, especially in hockey, where if you fire a coach in football mid-season or something, you're basically saying, fuck it, we're throwing the season away. Mm-hmm. Football, there's so much more. New head coach comes in, he's going to implement a new offense, a new defense, this and that. You're going to just – your season's over. Well, hockey isn't necessarily that way. But, you know, when you fire – you're firing a head coach because your team is not playing the way they can, the way they should. You know, ownership and management are not going to fire 23 guys on the bench. They're going to fire the one guy behind the bench. Well, look at so Minnesota. Coaches are, they started winning yeah. now after they fired their coach. Yeah, you know, and you always get that bump when you fire your head coach. You know, we've had three teams now that have fired their coach, and I think probably DJ Smith will be next in Ottawa if they keep on losing. But I don't agree. I, I said this before, even with the Lindy Ruff thing, like when I was like, you know, is this dude really the guy that we want right now? Um, I did not ever advocate for firing him in the middle of the year. I just don't agree with that. So for you guys, who would you – and I'm a Lindy Ruff fan, so I, I don't want to see him go. But So let's just keep him out of it. Just say if you guys had to pick a current coach you know, or someone that has been coaching in the last couple of years who got let go, 
Um, who would you guys choose as like, so I would, I'm going to say right away, Brendan Moore would be the guy that I would love to see this coach of the devils. If there was in some fantasy world, if there was no Lindy Ruff, like if that, if I had a choice, who would you guys choose as, you know, as the coach you would like to see in charge of this team that we have this roster, these guys, me personally, yeah, you, you just said it, Rob Brendan Moore. Yeah. I, I would take Rod Brendan Moore in a heartbeat. And, you know, if you look at Carolina, and some of the struggles that they're having this year, you know, I do think that we're getting to a point in Carolina where the expiration date on Rod Brindamore is coming up. This team is not playing nearly as hard as they should for him. He even just looks exasperated behind the bench sometimes, just like it kind of looks like if they don't do something this year, I think Rod Brindamore might be out. Maybe he'll be fired. Maybe he would, you know, walk away on his own, but I do think that if the Devils can somehow get their hands on Rod Brindamore, that's the dude that I think can take them to the next level, that type of coach. I love Rod Brindamore, and I, I, I think he's a fantastic head coach. How about you, Dan? I, I, absolutely. When I heard Tony said it, I'm like, I can't think of anyone better right now that I would want. Uh, you know, you, you are basing that off of a great performance last year. He really had those guys playing so well in a tough situation too. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough because the best coach is still going to, I think you guys said it, have a shelf life on them. Yep. Uh, we've had amazing coaches that did their thing and then they moved on. It's just the way it goes. I don't uh, think you can keep uh, the same coach in a spot forever. It just doesn't work out that way. Especially now. Eventually you're gonna get and, yeah. I mean, the yeah, Devils won, it's just, it's a move that's going to happen. Devils have won three Stanley cups in eight years and they've done it with three different coaches. So, yep. you know, yeah, it, it, the shelf life is there. I mean, Lou, I mean, uh, Jacques Lemaire was the greatest thing to happen to this team and he hit his expiration date. It happens to everybody. Um, yes. You know? Um, so I do think though that Rod Brindamore is, not it, unless they seriously, unless they win the cup or at least are playing for it in June, I don't think he's the coach of the Hurricanes next year. Um, maybe uh, another guy is Craig Berube. I think they yeah. have very similar styles in how they uh approach the game, and I think uh, because I do, th- I do think that Lindy Ruff is Lindy Ruff has been a great mentor, and we talked about this before. Uh, in the summertime, Lenny Ruff has really done a good job with teaching this team how to win. Is he the guy that's going to take them to the next level to a cup? Uh, I don't know. And I have sometimes, go ahead, who Paul Maurice? I mean, he's a fantastic head coach. Fantastic. You know, and he leaves, you look at what he did with, with Winnipeg, he had success there, and he's like, he left, well, you know, and he, then he goes to Florida and. You know, I, I think he's a, he's a players coach too. A lot of players like Paul Maurice. He has a really good reputation, and this is a all fantasy, you know, obviously. But I mean, I like Maurice too. He's another guy. You know, yeah, I like Paul Maurice. Choice. I'm not a giant fan of these constantly recycled coaches like Laviolette, Tortorella, mm-hmm. Paul Maurice. You know, these guys are always just going to bounce around. Now, what you said about Paul Maurice in Winnipeg, I've never seen a coach leave because he honestly felt that he could do no more for the team. And that's Crazy. what he said. Yeah. He said, I've taken this team as far as they can go. I can't. How do you feel about uh, somebody a little bit less known then? Like maybe like a Sergey Breland or somebody. Do you think he's I, ever going to be ready for that, that level? Last year a lot, Sergey. I, I don't know. I don't know what his uh, duties are behind the bench. I don't know how much of an input he has uh, with the, the team. Like we knew that, um, you know, Bruno last year was very hands-on. It kind of seems like Travis Green is that way this year. I don't know how much Sergey Breland, you know, how much he's, uh, what's, I, I mean, and we know he's a good coach and all. He's, you know, doing a good job with the team. But how much is he actually in charge of and stuff? Like, that's what I don't know. Like, you think what, there's I like a little bit what, of uh, bias in that position? Because like, I'm trying to think of how many truly uh, great, European coaches we've had and I feel like that's one area that you know you just don't see the Europeans breaking through as like great head coaches I don't know if it's a language thing or a cultural things the organizations the fans um, 
it's it, it is kind of curious when you think about all the great European players we've had for a long time now, and we've never never seen really a, or maybe very rarely seen success with European coaches. There's got to be some that I'm overlooking, but I'm just tapping, you know, thinking about the great ones we've had and who's in the league now, and I can't really off the top of my head think of too many Europeans. Wonder who the next guy to get fired is going to be because you know there's going to be another one this year. You know, I think yeah. it's going to be DJ Smith. Um, yeah, I can see. Now it says here there have only been two non-North American head coaches in the NHL to date, and wow. none, and That's none it. in the last eighteen years. So that would wow. make sense of why I'm sitting here going, I can't think of any of them. Um, it's kind of curious when you think about it. We've had some great players. None of them have been transitioning to coaching. There's got to be some reason. I mean, plenty of them spoke English just fine, and I don't even know how much that's the requirement anymore. With all yeah, players. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why. Why is it that there are no European head coaches? Is there just that many good jobs in Europe for them? A lot Maybe. of them do coach over over in Europe. Sure. There's, I would think you know, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's interesting. That's interesting. Well. All right, guys, listen, we're going to probably get this thing wrapped up for the evening. That hour went by quick, man. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you guys expect tomorrow? Anaheim, uh, 7 o'clock start at the Rock, coming off the second half. You and I expect back. a shutout, right? I am expecting a VTech Me too, right? check shutout. Yes, you are. we both too. win. VTech, 5-3, I, I, that's not a shutout. 5-3 Devils, I'm saying. Okay, all right. I, I'm going to go 4 nothing Devils. I do think oh, yeah, nice. this, tomorrow's the night. VTech is going to come in. He's going to play well. But And, Dan, what do you think for tomorrow? I mean, that sounds very reasonable for variety's sake. I'll say 3 nothing. Do you oh, think Gibson that Gary Schmidt? Schmidt we, Gibson will be in tomorrow night, I bet, too. There's a lot of rumors. Probably. Yeah, that's going to be fun, too, because there's a lot of talk now about Gibson coming over here. So, and And, you know, if you don't. If they were to go get a goalie and you don't trade Vanacek, so Vanacek doesn't ship over to Anaheim, they'll probably, and I didn't think they were going to do this, Tony. I think you had mentioned this earlier that maybe, you know, would you guys be against a guy like Gibson coming over, Schmidt going to Utica, and it being Vanacek and Gibson for the remainder of this season? I mean, that seems like an upgrade that to have him in the mix versus one of them, particularly Schmidt right now but um i definitely would not want to give up the whole shop for that uh move because you know like i i, I don't know I, as long as it made sense for the team i think it's it's a move they should do and i'll leave it at that but you know you don't want to like hurt the team and hurt future years to make no that move happen i don't think he's the guy to like sell out as your franchise goalie this is the one we want above all else maybe maybe um not give up too much for that but the way Gibson's playing this year, and I agree with you. No, he's not the franchise. Oh, yeah, Our franchise is down numbers, in Utica. But... but, you know, he's playing good this year. And then you yeah. have Vitek, who's now starting to find his game. If you did bring Gibson in, I think a Vitek-Gibson duo could be a very fun duo to watch. I think a very competent duo. Um, yeah. Now, how'd you guys, for sure. how'd you guys think Akira Schmidt played tonight? I mean, uh, you, the first goal is definitely not him. That second goal, I get it. It's a weird bouncy play, but I think that one and the inconsequential last goal, you look at it and go, he's playing too deep. He's playing too deep. Um, and that's, that's, uh, he's a big guy for sure. So, you know, to some extent. You think he cheats a little because of I his think, size? Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah. And, and these guys all nail those two inches under the crossbar. And if you're not going to come out to the top of the crease, doesn't matter that you're six four. They're going to take you're, it. They're going to have it. Yes, and um, that bouncing puck was like uh, again. It, it took a weird bounce to his right, but it got caught between the arm and body. And it's something that if he's a little further out, it, it doesn't happen. He made some good saves too, but um, you know, did he have to make any really stellar saves? No, not really. And uh, I don't think he would put it in his top performances of the year. I think it was passable, but um, it was not. You know, as good as the last outing we saw from Vanacek, and you know, you know, it's game by game right now. Uh, we're seeing more of him, which is what we should do. I'm not done seeing him yet to really formulate things uh, about where we're going to go with playoffs if we got to keep these two guys and not make any other moves. But you know, um, it, it's it's gonna 
it's going to take more from Schmidt before I look at him and go, well, there's our number one. We're great. Uh, yeah, I don't see it yet. And I feel like, um, you know, this is so far going to the point where you look at it and go, this is not his uh, emerging as a number one year. You know, I think right. that's fair to say that it could happen still. It, it very well could. Um, he could just go on a tear. But, you know, I don't see him with as much promise as I did last year at this point. And which I think sucks. that's fair to say. Yeah, which sucks because I really love a lot about his game. Um, I don't see that calmness that, you know, he had. I, I Even like some of the movements he's making are a little less fluid unless controlled they're a little more jerky you know a couple times he knocked, he knocked the net off i know that's like a minor thing that's going to happen sometimes but i also felt like he was just not as smooth uh coming across and and, and uh playing the way we saw him play last year at times and it, it was funny because he did get called in and it was stellar through the rest of that game and it did remind you of last year he's like yep. i don't know what he's like a re- relief pitcher and that I way do. or closer you know i do yeah. think though that if you really want what's best for Akira Schmidt right now, I think go get a goalie, move him to Utica. I think that's the move. I think he needs to get as many starts as possible down there. Um, and you So know, if that's the move and you're not going to get a goalie, do you maybe bring up Dawes? And no, just... I don't bring up Dawes this year. Unless, I mean, unless he's completely killing it, I don't know if I would swap those two out. And I don't know if Dawes would have to go back on waivers if you brought him up and send him down. I don't know any of that stuff, but – um, I think Akira Schmidt you can send down without having to go through waivers. Um, but I, I mean, I would, I, I'd love, I can't wait to see Dawes. I really cannot wait to see him up here. And maybe next year he will get a chance to at least, you know, let's see what he can do. But I just think right now, I think that Akira Schmidt's struggling a little bit and just trying to kind of find his game. And I think Utica might be a good place for him. To at least, if you go and get a goalie, if you don't, then you're riding him this year. Then he's gonna, it's gonna be him and Vanacek, and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but I do, and I think Vanacek will play, you know, hopefully a little bit better having a guy like Gibson or somebody like that back there. That's more of a security blanket, you know, that it doesn't all have to be on VTech. Uh, maybe right. sometimes it, you know, he might think that. So, what about you, Tone? I agree with what both of you guys said um, with, you know, and I do think Gibson Vanacek is an upgrade, but and I, I think it's a good upgrade. Actually, um, I'm not saying that Schmidt will never be a starter, but he is not a starter right now. And I don't I feel less I, to be honest, like he has some good games, but I feel less confident each time I see him play like of how the potential for the season, I should say, Um you know, I think definitely that would be an upgrade. You know, we still have – there's a couple things on this team that we still need that we that right now we haven't had to deal with. We've been playing – I guess you could say we've been playing less physical teams lately, so we haven't really dealt with some other stuff that we have to deal with too. But I think the goaltending for us to be successful in the playoffs, and I said this last week, I feel like we do have to make an upgrade. I don't think bringing Dawes, though, up now is, is going to do it. You know, I think that he needs some more time down there. Um, but – I think Vanacek's your better goalie now. I feel more confident with him in that. And I'm not saying that's a you know that he's he's money either. Just uh, I don't know about you guys, but the more I watch the season go along, I'm thinking you're going to see Vanacek definitely get more of the starts. But I do agree, Chris, that Gibson would be a a good addition with him. I mean, you'd have even as if you had Vanacek, say if Gibson was your starter, even if Vanacek was the backup, I think it's a better role. Vanacek may be a great may be great in that role. You know, yeah. not overworked. It might just be perfect for him. Because if you looked at Vanacek's numbers, if you're not a Devils fan, if you, so he's one of those guys that if I said to you and you guys didn't really watch him too much, okay, there's this goalie. Look at his numbers. It's pretty impressive, his numbers for the few years he's played. Yes. You know, that's if very you haven't true. watched every performance he's that if you haven't watched every game, you know. Sure. But right. um, you don't get you know. a sense of like when the chips are down or not, you know. Yeah, his numbers are kind of like that. If you see them, you see wins, losses and stuff. But yeah, I think that would definitely be – I think being, I think we will make a goaltending move. I don't know if it'll be Gibson, but that would be, you know, I think that would be nice to have those two in the net together. The the two guys that I like, uh, and you know, maybe we can do a more of a goalie show um, on Tuesday when we do our next show. Uh, you know, we could talk a little bit more about those things. But I also thought Jacob Markstrom would be a big upgrade for the Devils. I know that there was talk that. Fitzgerald was talking to Calgary about Markstrom and then he broke his finger and now he's out for a couple of weeks. So I don't know 
uh, where those talks are. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see coming this trade deadline uh, who Fitzgerald is going to move around because, you know, the team does have some deficiencies. But as of right now, I love the way they're playing. I really am. I, I love that they went out. I love they beat Boston. I love that they, okay, you went from the best team in the in the Eastern Conference to the worst team in the Eastern Conference. And they did exactly what they were supposed to do. You beat the best team, and then you beat the shit out of the worst team. So I'm Here's really happy with this. that. Think yeah. about it. Right now, we're not – If you're so during, when it gets closer to the trade deadline, teams know what you need, so they try to drain you for everything they can get, right? So, sure. So right now, the Devils – we've all said we would like a nice grit piece. Someone you have to answer to. Someone that has talent too, though. So right now, I think would be a nice time to go grab one of these guys because – Right now, you might not overpay as much as you will when they know what the when it gets. The Devils need this. This is something that if the Devils do not address this before the playoffs start, if you know, knock on wood, we make it to the playoffs, which I think we will. This will be this will this will be the thing that kills us in the playoffs is not ad- well, addressing this this subject. And and I think that right now wouldn't would be a nice time to grab one of those guys too because they're not going to try to bleed us for everything because we're you know that's just a thought. I mean, you make yeah, a there's good point. a lot of truth there, and and also you know it's better to get the trade done sooner than later just to get the person acclimated to the system and everything sooner. Yeah, you just don't always get a chance to do that. You know, they right. usually are sitting so, on that. I mean, look, I mean, we were talking to uh, you know there's guys like Chris Tanev again in Calgary who I would absolutely love on this team. Um, I think he's a fan. I mean, you want to stay at home defenseman that's not afraid to drop the gloves or be physical. That's the guy. He blocks shots. He's just a tough, gritty fucking Ken Danico-esque in his prime type player. I would love to have a guy like that on this team. But again, you know, Fitzgerald, you know, is going to definitely make the best move he possibly can. So, I mean, at least we have a general manager and management so far that we feel pretty good in that's not going to – you know, it's real quick before we wrap it up. They were uh, talking to Toffoli's father in the first intermission, and he actually yeah, right. said, "I really hope that Tyler gets a contract here because he really loves playing in New Jersey." That's and, good um, to hear. Yeah, because I think Tyler awesome. Toffoli seamless fit, seamless fit in this lineup with these dudes. Been great. I yeah. mean, really, you see a guy like Timo Meyer who seems to struggle, and a guy like Toffoli who just has fit in. Um, but a guy anyway, you know we're gonna. Could come up big for you in the big games. You feel like I feel like Defoli yes. could be a guy if you get him in your. You know, he's do. one of those I dudes. Do. You get him for a couple of years in your lineup. It's going to pay off because in the playoffs and stuff. I just feel like he is going to be someone who you know, kind of like Hollow was. You know, you kind of they stand out to you, and Defoli just has that written all over him. Yeah, he I does. agree. Love Tyler Toffoli. So, guys, we are the Uncle Puckers. Thank you so much for checking us out. That's going to do it for this episode. We're going to come back with three shows definitely before Christmas next week. Uh, we got four fun games to talk about. So wherever you're listening to us, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, positive comment. goes a long way in promoting the show. Also, check out Tampa Morgue, Tony's podcast about metal music, horror movies, 80s TV, fun shit. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, we're the Uncle Puckers for Tony, Dan, um, Chris. Bobby's not here. He's probably crying somewhere like Jordan Cairo. Poor Bobby. <laughs> Just sniffling. That, they always miss me. Bobby when he's not home. <laughs> Nobody's going to boo you, Bobby. Me. Nobody's going to boo you. Don't worry. Uh, what a Bobby's celebrating his two points. Bobby did good. He, he did, did good. good. And he got he the and good. he got the devil you know this week. See? Yeah. He's and not... next week he might get a hat trick. We gave him up. he's up for a hat trick next week. Yeah, he's got a tough prediction. And I like his prediction. It's pretty fun. So mm-hmm. we'll see how, how that rolls. So um yeah, that's about it, guys. Uh thanks so much for checking us out. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Bye byes. We do Bobby's bye byes. Bye byes from Bobby's. <laughs>